Yeah. Oh my god, I just got really nervous. Oh my god, I always get so nervous to talk. I don't know. Yeah, here's the thing. Sometimes you like my thing is like I might say things that I. <laughs> In with an entrance. You are so loud. Can you? Oh, you can see me, huh? Yeah. You sure can. Hey, cutie. Can you see us? No. There's not a camera in there. (laughs) This is so official. Bloom, bloom, bloom. Bloom, 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 bloom. I haven't heard that in so long. I know. Skype, right? Yeah. My my computer is like, cannot play Skype because you have an out-of-date version. I said, well, I'm not updating it. Right? So. <laughs> There's that. I don't care. Thank goodness for FaceTime. I know. Because if that didn't exist, oh, well. Or now Messenger, too? WhatsApp? I, I mean. I deleted my Facebook Messenger off my phone. Good for you. Because I, just, I, it's I garbage. It really is. And it always needs to be updated. And I don't need to be looking at my phone like that. Good for you. Yesterday it was beautiful. It was beautiful thunder and lightning. Mm-hmm. I got to watch from inside, which is probably why it was more oh, beautiful. Oh, I, I was in it, and I, it definitely struck something within a mile radius. It looked like it. It was really close. Uh, yeah, it freaked me out. The same thing happened when I was in Lake Placid. Um, last week there was like a a huge thunderstorm, and it definitely struck something. Like the car shook. It felt like we'd run over, like an animal or something. It was very scary. I mean, it was cool, but it was like whoa. Sometimes I'm very afraid of what nature can do. That's why you got to respect her. That's right. You got to respect that mother. But, you know, I like humidity. I like to be able to chew the air, feel it on my skin. It is great, but not for kinky hair. Gets a little wild. So I just do a French twist, but still I'm like, oh, this is going to be a hard day. So wait, humidity doesn't, like, actually add moisture? It does, but it also just like presses down on my on my hair like it makes it wilt and then it shrinks I think it's just because I have like a 4c texture I think if I had a different texture my hair would like wilt but it would like be cute and wilted not like who does this child belong to and why have they not guided her in the right direction kind of wilted yeah all right well (laughs) let's talk about hair care after this okay I'm down Ooh, I want to be there. Talk and talk about, about hair, hair care? Hair. Yeah. Do you put I a sunscreen for your scalp? <laughs> what do you say? This is a genuine question. Do you put, like, sunscreen on your scalp? Like, I don't I even want to ha- say your head because your scalp is literally exposed to the gods. This is why I've been wearing, like, bandanas and things all summer because I I get sunburned if I don't. So, okay. um. Yeah, so it's I not someone, not just like a fashion statement. Well, yeah, I met someone once who did, who was also bald and did not put on sunscreen. I was like, "How? Like right. I can feel the heat burning my scalp, and I have like a 
two woolly mammoths on top of my head. <laughs> like, how do you not protect your scalp like that? I don't know. I found that very odd. So I'm glad yeah, you moisturize. Like, it doesn't, like, sunscreen, I put sunscreen on top of my head one time, and it just, I just, like, sweated it off. So I was like, that's not going to help. So is that how you doing? How you doing today? Me? Yeah, you oh, I had oh Duh. my god, I had a dope, long, amazing conversation about um what do we call it? Male dominance? That's what we call it? Yeah, male dominance. Mm-hmm. Which is basically patriarchy and misogyny and misogyny war and all those other things. Um, so it was just it was just like oh my it felt god, nice I have to my notebook seen. out too. Huh? I have my notebook out too, just in case I yeah. hear anything that I should jot down. Maybe that's why I forgot mine. Yeah. It's okay, because you both are holding it down. Yeah. We got it. You can copy. Yeah, that conversation was really Thank great you. about like male dominance <laughs> and things like that. And this like one thing I really want to explore more of is that um, homophobia is fear of getting close to the same gender. Or terror of getting close to the same gender. Not just fear of gay people, but getting close to the same gender. Which, and that just, like, bursted which, it open for me. Which kills me, because like, bros, isn't that what the definition of being a bro with your, like, popped polo collar and, like, very khakis. tight khaki Bermuda shorts and, like, right. loafers, loafers, <laughs> sparries. <laughs> oh, my God, let me stop. We're going to box step into a bogle into our next section, which is what you should have learned in history class but probably didn't. So to I'm really interested to know who knows these steps. <laughs> box step. Everyone knows a box step. Yeah, that's like yes. the first thing you learn in jazz class. It's right. like jazz 101. Uh-huh. And bogle, I have okay. to say that uh, my friend Devlova, Devlos, she told me about when I took her, um, what was it? House? No. Dance hall class. I have that no idea fun. what that step is. I'll show you later. It's cute. Oh, I can show you now. Look. <laughs> oh, I've been doing that for years. And right. That's the name of the step? Yeah, it's Bogle. What did we call it in West Philly? Who knows? Something crazy, probably. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we're going to talk about Hemsley Winfield because we talked about our homegirl, Edna Guy, uh, last time. And so they mm-hmm. were homies. And he was an African-American dancer who created the new Negro art theater dance group, y'all. He was born April 20th, 1907, and he died January 15th, 1934. So just a little bit about him. He was born from a middle-class family in Yonkers, New York. He decided, yeah, he decided to pursue the arts, and he developed a strong background in um, let's see, stage technician, a, he was also a dancer, director, actor, and eventually a choreographer. Mm-hmm. What else is fascinating about this, homie? He was the first to, uh, he won his fame in a leading role from Oscar Wilde's Salome. Yeah? Wow. Which he won acclaim in 1929. He came upon the role because there was a female lead in the company who fell ill. And so he dressed in drag to do the show at the Cherry Lane Theater in Greenwich Village, New York. Wow. That yes, so lit. like that is Hemsley Winfield. Let's get to know him. I like just learned something new. I right? did not even know that that person existed. Rolling right around New York with the new Negro Art Theater Dance Group. So yeah, welcome. Ah, that makes me happy because there's just so many more conversations about um, drag surrounding my life right now that just made me like, I felt like that was too specific for me. Somebody asked me um, how, what inspires my style? Can y'all hear the dog? Yes, yeah. but that's okay. I love dogs. Okay, because I was just like, um, they sound really loud to me. Um, somebody asked me, how do you, what inspires your style? And I said drag. And somebody was like, oh, I get it. Are you a very feminine man? And I was like, oh, no, that's not what I mean. I mean that drag, as in, like, clothing is just a way to create another persona, not necessarily to, like, mm-hmm. you know, wear just in women's clothing. I mean, I do, but you would never know because clothing don't have a, really doesn't have a gender. Right. But, you know, there's that. You know, maybe, like, dance history courses should start 
with like the little known people like this guy Hemsley because we're looking at him now and he's handsome he's handsome I think that like maybe that's a a new like curriculum formatting thing to to tackle in the future start with like the little little known people not with like the people we already know and are bored with I mean not that we're sorry I don't mean bored with I do mean we're bored with and also people who were, like, for me, it's extremely important because I'm realizing that I come from a very different dance lineage than I thought I came from. And this is the reason why I didn't identify with a lot of the Isadora Cunningham stuff because there was this whole other thing happening, especially in New York City, that they didn't even talk about. There were no books about it. This is why I mentioned in another podcast, Stepping Left, because it starts to talk about all these other, this whole other movement of uh, modern dancers they were into political movements they were a part of unions like they were doing all kinds of stuff below 14th street what's the what's it called stepping left stepping left yeah it's so good can i get it at like a regular bookstore because you can okay because dance books are hard to find oh or on amazon i think i got on amazon but it talks a little like a lot about the how you know Graham was very individualistic in her sort of her path and her journey, whereas these folks were more collective based, mm-hmm. which is probably why they fell off because you can't. It's hard to feed a lot of mouths, especially in the depression. Uh, absolutely. And especially yes. when the government's like, the image of modern dance shall be the one and only Graham. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. Anywho, thank you for that. That was our our history lesson for us today. Also, I'm actually, hmm, I, I, I want more engagement with those of y'all who are listening. So if you know somebody, know a movement, know a dance um, event that is not being covered in history classes or you learned about outside of your history classes, um, I'm really interested to know. So if you can email us at the dance union podcast at gmail.com or just like, you know, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at the dance union because we would love it we would love 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 it we would love it because there's so many like there are things these are things that we're interested in but also i just know Mm -hmm. there's so many Mm -hmm. other um cultures and and areas and and locations of dance that aren't being um covered and it's almost no way that um melanie and i can really like do it all justice so if you want to if you're not hearing something covered specifically please let us know so that we can include it for sure we're just two people that's awesome. We're just going to um, So, I guess we're going to transition into the, the meat and potatoes of this episode. I've been meaning to say that for so long. It makes me so mm, happy. But before, um, we do, but before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Right. I'm just testing it out. Okay. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, should I, was I not talk in this like, moment? Like, <laughs> Jay, Jay is on it. He's like, yep. Fill <laughs> <laughs> right. this ad space. Yeah. Look, yeah, here it goes. All right, we're back. All right, we're back. <laughs> Great. So. Oh, yeah, today we're talking about um, negotiating pay and then this thing of dancing for quote unquote exposure. Um, I think I want to enter in with the exposure thing because this whole conversation was prompted by um, a dance magazine post on Instagram, really, it's an article as well, but I first saw it on Instagram, where um, they were encouraging dancers to, or actually encouraging people who are hiring dancers to please stop asking dance artists to perform in exchange for exposure. That got me really excited because I've been been saying similar things uh, for a while. Actually, when I graduated with my BFA in dance, I made a conscious effort to no longer dance for free. I was like, look, I have a degree now, so you got to pay me, even if it's Five dollars. You're gonna have to take some money out of your wallet and and give it to me yeah. if you want me to dance because I just refuse. Um, and honestly, from like that that um, agreement with the universe, that that contractual agreement with the universe, I have not danced for free. Um, even when I was um, deciding to dance, you know, you know, you dance with a friend, like oh, I do this for free. Somehow, some way, they came up and were like, you know, actually, I have a couple of dollars I'll send your way. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I want to start the conversation there because there are a lot of dancers, both um, post training program, post graduate program, post like you know um, college program, who are being abused and not being trained or not being um, paid for their dance um, experience, as well as like children. That's another one I'm thinking of, like children who are getting um, work 
but for this thing called exposure, which that doesn't pay the bills. So the article that you are, you're talking about is so juicy and so good. Um, and I love this idea that she brings up in it about the author is uh, Jennifer Stahl. Am I saying that right? I hope so. If not, Probably. let me know. I believe so. Um, I love how she says that if an institution says to you <laughs> that um, it's it'll be great for exposure, she's like, if they can provide that exposure, then they should have the same amount of resources to pay you. I totally agree Which with that. Which is genius, yet we don't think of it sometimes in that way. Like, oh, if you can give me the exposure, you can pay me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that statement. And that, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, because if you have the platform, like, you have the funds. That's basically yeah. how it works. Um, and also, if you... The other thing I, I wanted people, um, dance fighters, to start thinking of is, like, this this exposure that you're getting is also giving exposure back to the, the company. So they're going to make a profit somewhere with your image, with your work. Mm-hmm. So you deserve a cut of that and you um and and you, you can you have a basis to argue that you deserve to get paid as well besides an ethical argument that it's just right, you know? And not only like that a, yeah and that yeah. your image is going to possibly be used beyond the lifetime that you that you are with working with that particular project. Which happens In more often than not usually. Perpetuity. Know the word. Because Jay knows it. Now we all know. Right? right? And and I and I you know and the thing is too what I like about this idea of exposure is that like for me I have a a sort of a rule of getting paid and depending on how nice my checks are I will do the occasional donate not donated but I will offer a service as like a donation mm-hmm. but I can make yeah. that choice because I am getting paid like I I, I talked to this one artist who said. Um, you know, like say she gets ten thousand from one job, then of course she has the like resources to take a gig with a friend, you know, that's mm-hmm. not paying because mm-hmm. she's got a nice chunk of change that she's sitting on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's also yeah. another way of looking at it. It's like you have to balance what your what your paycheck, what your your wallet can handle. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but I like this quote um, that she said that like, you know, Instagram likes don't get you dollars. It's true. At all. I do not. Well, actually, think no, 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 no. I, I'm so sorry about the Instagram likes thing. That's actually that's what I want to complicate. Um, Instagram likes actually do give you dollars. A lot of um, people who have an, a large Instagram following are often um, sought after by companies to advertise their things, so they are making money off that's of that. True. And the uh, social media is now an ad space. So, Jake, your your um, your Instagram profile, your Facebook profile, your Twitter profile. All those things actually is um, ad space, and if you are dancing with a company and you put up, or not just a company, and like dance company, company, I mean like uh, a corporation. If you're dancing with a corporation and you post that you're dancing with the corporation, you're giving free ad space to that corporation. So the likes that you get actually can bring you dollars if you know how to make that work. And unfortunately, we're not using, we we haven't um, codified the language, and we really haven't really talked about that as a large industry thing about how to turn those likes into revenue. But, Jay, I'm confused because, look, if you if you got that kind of platform, then you don't need no damn exposure. Well, the thing, I, well it's, not, it's, it's not so much about um, having – I don't think there's a threshold. I think that's what I make, uh, want to make clear. I don't think you need to have 5,000-plus followers for you to be able to opt into this thing. If you have – I only have about 1,600 followers, which is, like, minute in comparison to the millions or hundreds of thousands of people that – but – when I get um, likes on my on my thing, it's not even just the likes. It's actually the people who see it. Um, so I can what I can do is make a business profile and say, for the amount of views that that this um, that my post gets, the amount of likes that this gets, is this many people seeing this work that I'm doing with you, and that's that many people knowing more about it. So we can take that same advertising language about the traffic, the foot traffic that comes to our profile that we already generated without the help of the corporation and say, this is what my um, ad space on my profile is worth. And it, it'll be different for everyone, but it is something that we can, there's a model there that we can create and, and codify because it, it is something. And, I, and you can see those insights on, Instagram pages that are not personal and they're like business profiles. I on on our the dance union um, Instagram profile, I could see how many people just looked at it, where they looked at it from, and what they did next. And that is those statistics 
are what the corporations can see on their end, but on our personal um, Instagram profiles, we're not able to see that, but it still works the same way. You know, it's, I feel like it can be tricky, though, because remember before we talked about how all these, like, young folks just want you to teach them how to take a good Instagram photo? So they don't even want to learn technique. They want to learn how to do this, like, thing so that it looks cute on Instagram so they can get the likes. So then, that you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It becomes a spiral. I feel like it's a, a very slippery slope. It's a trap. Yeah. Venus it's a trap, but it's also, I mean, I, I, I would, I think it's a trap when we aren't educating the other way. I think it's, it's. It is a new, it's a new world, and I think we are, we are getting older, and we came from, we didn't grow up in this world where we had Instagram. So these younger dancers are growing up in a world where they have Instagram, and they understand the power, and they know how to use it and harness it, and we are learning those things. So they know something that we don't, and we want them to know what we do know, and right now there's a, there's a bit of a disconnect. So I think what we... Um, should do is know more about this tool that they're using and wanting to do well in and wanting to have Instagram followers and wanting to do things that will help them gain more followers and get more likes isn't just frivolous. It is, it's, it's the market in which they're stepping into and helping to shape because clearly that is what um, many of these corporations are looking for in the hiring dancers. Ugh, by even, it feels gross. Hmm? I don't even like the word and, corporation. <laughs> Blah. I hear you though. <laughs> I hear you. I have I have some questions, but I hear weird you. Weird symbiotic relationship. Yeah. It is. It is. Mm. So, Giovanna, have you um or when was the last time you worked pro bono? Never. <laughs> I don't know. I never. Even when I feel like I did shows when I was like really young, like eight or nine, with one of my teachers growing up, she's like, I need a little person to act as a little person in my show. I feel like I got something. Like, yeah. even if it was like 30 bucks, I mean, I was only eight. What am I going to roll in there and be like, actually, I want $800. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Or she yeah. like bought me a meal or something that like eight year olds want, but. I don't think I've ever really performed for free. So when you say, are you meaning like all types of compensation or just monetary? Because you, you said food. So you know what I mean? Like some people pay with not money. Some people do pay. I feel like for if it's like for a friend, you can like pay me in food. I mean, what dancer doesn't need to eat? Like one friend I performed, wasn't expecting anything, but he's such a good friend and I just wanted to support his choreography and like help him get his name out there. And also it just feels good to just dance without like your boss taking notes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I'm free dancing, whatever. Um, he paid me, he gave me 50 bucks and then he bought a bottle of red wine. He was like, I know you like red. I went with the, the cab sap and I was like, I mean, my jaw hit the floor because I wasn't even expecting that. I was just right. happy to like be there. But, if I'm going to be dancing and committing to something, I want, like, actual money. Like, right. a check I can cash or cash. You know what yeah. I mean? I've, I've spent too much time devoting... De I've spent too much time devoted to my craft and, like, honing it yeah. and trying to find my own personal little idiom within, you know, the realm of dance. Like, no, I... No, you cannot not pay me i'm sorry absolutely not i have bills to pay i have food mm -hmm. to eat i have to i want to take care of my mom why well, i, I want to be able to send my mom home a couple hundred dollars a month and be like here and then if, you know as i get older add on to it you know what i mean right. like dancing for exposure does not dancing without pay does not cover those very important life things necessities yeah. I also would argue that um, for even with friends, I think it it means a lot more to to find a way to give some kind of monetary compensation, even if it is um, like twenty dollars. Which right now in our world, twenty dollars is what was five dollars when we were growing up. Yeah. So like you can like we can find that we can we can save up for that, even if that means putting away a dollar every you know couple of days. We can do that for each other, and I think that as a as like a gesture goes a long way. Alongside things like, oh, I bought you a bottle of wine, or alongside of I'm going to make you dinner, you know, that goes a long way. And I think even um, 
one of the practices I'm, I'm adopting is right now sitting down with dancers and asking and letting them know what I intend to pay them. Like, this is what I'm budgeting for. Does that work for you? And then if it doesn't, I mean, not just if it doesn't, allowing them to have multiple days to think about if that works and then re-entering that conversation to say, you know, if you need more, let me know because then we, I can, I can try to, I can literally try to make it or I can let you know what actual roadblocks are in the way of me needing that rate for you. Yeah. Which, Jay, okay, you say something? No, I was just going to say, I think that's great. I had a friend, she just started her own company. She she did that. She sat down and was like, you know, as my friend, but also as like a professional dance artist, what would you, what what should be your our hourly rate or like daily rate for all of these rehearsals? Like, would you show up for me? Like, and I'm not saying as a friend, like, would you show up to these rehearsals and be committed? I was like, if you could do that, yeah. But also understand I have other commitments outside of this. You know what yeah. I mean? And she paid us out of pocket, like her money until she got a backing and a GoFundMe and like grants coming through and, and exposure and things like that. Whatever yeah. you can, it's just, I don't know, a little goes a long way at the end of the day in it terms does. of effort. It does, especially when you know you're just like doing some grassroots, building something out of nothing type of thing. Yeah, well like also... Like when you see your friend hustling, go ahead. Well, also every dancer wants to be taken care of and like have that yeah. like, all right, like I know this person's going to um, pay me on time, is going to pay me, has the resources to pay me, uh, if something has to come out of my pocket, is going to reimburse me as long as I like save that receipt, screenshot it, do whatever I need for my records. You know what I mean? So I feel like too yeah. along those same lines of of knowing that you're going to be taken care of, it's important to know how to take care of yourself. Absolutely. Which segues mm-hmm. us into our next article, which is when you've landed that new gig, what are the five ways to negotiate a best deal? Which you ca- you guys both were kind of talking about when you're talking to artists about pay and things like that Mm -hmm. and this article was done by ryan casey in which he interviewed uh nia austin edwards well she's now um nia edwajante now um who's an amazing friend who um, is a founder of purpose productions which is a brooklyn-based organization that provides strategic support for artists throughout the u.s and all kinds of services so in this article they sort of chit chat about the best ways to um negotiate a great deal so yeah you want to go through them sure yes yes wait hold on one second okay baby naya was um trying to break in and i, I just, I just want to see I if she heard. actually was successful before we started <laughs> okay go ahead so the first thing is to clarify your offer so when you're presented with an opportunity um nia recommends that you initiate a healthy communication by restating the facts of the offer, which is so important. So you basically, you, you listen for understanding, and then you repeat what you think you heard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. With anything. Like, right. is that really what you just said? Right. Is that just, a real thing? So what I heard you yeah. say is, absolutely. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. okay. I heard you say Right, because a lot of times it's like, I heard you say that you are going to pay the lighting crew, the tech, the tech people, the costume designers, the person who composed the music, but you're not going to pay me, the person in the dance show, dancing the dance. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. Right, right, right. right. The second thing <laughs> is, if you don't like what you heard, or you guys have some type of, not disagreement, but there's a, mm-hmm. um, a disparaging, not di- well, I don't like that word either, disconnect. Mm-hmm. To suggest an alternative, which is great. Right. So, Jay, is there been a, like a situation or, um, or like when you've had to sort of suggest an alternative? Um, yeah. Just... Um, sometimes my alternative was like, how about you pay me? Mm-hmm. That makes we'll sense. Stop. Full yeah, stock. because it's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> like there's really no, not I much think, to add to that. Um, just give my money. Yeah, no, I think, um, so in my in my actual life, um, I haven't had many moments where I had to suggest, oh, she's mad, but she can't see me, sorry. I haven't had many moments in my life where I had to suggest an alternative to um, a rate or things like that, because a lot of times, honestly, a lot of the times the rate has been, like, comparable or above what I was even expecting, mm. but um, I've had to 
to suggest alternatives as the person hiring someone to collaborate with me on a project. And a lot of times um, they will say like, well, this is my rate. And I'll say, okay, well, this is what my budget is. And this is, um, this is like what, you, this is what I was planning for. This is what you would like. And this is above what I was planning for. So this is my plan to try to meet that. And what this is a, this is a honest, um, foreseeable goal I think I can make is like if you want 500 if I have 500 and you said you need a thousand I think I could probably make 750 I'm still shooting for that thousand I'm gonna keep in contact with you about all my plans to hit that thousand but I really think I'm gonna land around 750 does that work for you and if they say you know 750 is something I can live with um then we move forward if not then I'm like okay well maybe I gotta find somebody else <laughs> and that's it it's gotta be okay with being not being able to you know afford somebody yeah, I've had to suggest alternatives several times, uh, and so and it's just a matter of being like, okay, for this amount, I can offer you this many hours and this much output. Mm. Like, and and if you're willing to offer me this much, then I can give you this many hours. So I I'm a fan of it. Mm. You know, because then I you I feel like I'm in control of 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 my product and of what I want to provide, and I feel in control that I'm not being exploited. Or taken advantage of. So, Giovanna, yeah. have you ever been in a situation where you had to negotiate either before the project or after the project? Which would be interesting to negotiate after the fact. But uh, I guess an example of me, sorry, y'all. I'm eating a very delicious, those RX bars, but the full peanut butter one, I'm addicted, but sometimes it gets a little mm. stuck. <clears throat> um. I teach in Jersey a lot um, because the pay is just better not in New York. <laughs> um, yep. And sometimes I have to negotiate with studios and say, you know, listen, like, Jersey is not like a 30-minute train ride from my apartment. Can you pay right. my transportation? I give you my receipt when I get there, and then you pay me. Or, you know, put it with my check every two weeks or, or whatever. And if they can't do that, then I can't work for you. Mm. Also, the the te- I need to I can't go out of state for less than like forty five or fifty dollars an hour. I will not do it. This and this does not include your per diem. No. Yep. No, you're right. talking about teaching out of state, right? Like teaching in New Jersey mm-hmm. or Connecticut. I usually only do New Jersey. I don't know why. I've never taught in, in Connecticut, but Jersey just seems to be where I've found my home. In the past couple, in the past five years, teaching in a few yeah. studios in New Jersey, it's always been a good right. experience. So when you're talking about um, your rate, you weren't talking about um, as a performer on tour. Rate. You weren't talking about that. Rate. Oh no, I was talking about like my teaching rate. Right. Um, one of the things. I mean, can you also talk again? I know we um, had this conversation when the thing stopped, but can you talk again about that experience when someone? Um, wanted you to dance for them and they promised you a pay but didn't give you all of that money yes so it was like uh and this is no shade to that creator choreographer because i think he is one of the smartest human beings i've ever met so cool hilarious just i mean has such depth as a human but anyway he uh came to my senior showcase um when i was a senior in college and based on that performance, he was like, I like your movement style. Like, you have great technique. Like, I, I think I have a spot for you in this cast of however many dancers for the show, September 15th. And, of course, being a hungry 21-year-old, I was like, yes, oh, my God, someone saw me. Oh, my God, I really can dance. Life is great. I said yes, yep. didn't sign a contract, but was promised two grand. Um. The end of the process, it's probably like two and a half month process, uh, I think, to put the show together. Day the show comes, I arrive, people are looking very disgruntled, upset, discouraged, disparaged. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, y'all, what's going on? They're like, well, you didn't hear? Everybody's only getting half of what they're promised. And I was like, oh, absolutely not. Like, I was planning on moving to New York with that money or at least like crashing yeah. on someone's couch like hopes and dreams heart crushed broken like glass all over the floor um 
eventually we get our money in full by that December, but we had written up a letter and we're like, we're going to like really sue this person, which I didn't want to do because I really liked him as a person and I felt like I was going to destroy this person's life. But, you know, a year or so later we met up and, and caught up and had lunch and I was like, if I could just make a suggestion, if you ever want to work with me specifically again, I must have something in writing. It has to be in email i will print that email out you will write out a contract you will have two copies of it i will have two copies of it blank Mm -hmm. and and with our signatures on it to say that i'm gonna get money um however i want to set it up you know at the beginning on the first day of rehearsal and i get the, the the other half at the end on the day of the show or like at the midway point or all of it at the beginning or all of it at the end um but i you know, I was like, I think you're such a great person. I don't think you did it maliciously. I just think you went into it with so much blind trust in people who are going to back you and fund you and, and help you out. And they pulled out and you maybe you didn't sell as many mm-hmm. tickets as you thought you would. And so that's why we didn't get what we were promised on September 15th. But I think if you just plan better for the future, it will yeah. it will be better for you in the end and you won't lose these amazing connections that you've cultivated way before I even stepped on to your radar. You know what I mean? And right. I'm talking specifically because for me. Like, I must have something in writing. I was, you know, I was very naive. I was 21 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just happy someone saw me out of a sea of exactly. a million other people at Ailey. You know what I mean? But yeah, I guess that I was my negotiation. Saying, like... If you ever want to negotiate with with me ever, then I need to see something in black and white. Which sounds like you're setting those clear boundaries. Which yeah, I I think when you get out of school, you don't. Not everyone is good at setting boundaries. You know what I mean? In any aspect of life, that's a very hard thing to do, and I think it's a very hard thing to teach because you can't learn about what boundaries you want without life experience like my mom always said life is the best teacher I don't know what to tell you kiddo (laughs) yeah you know what I mean and I was like though I guess you could say yes you know these are the boundaries I've set for our future in the dance world together because I think we could have a future you know what I mean because you didn't (laughs) I guess you didn't scare me off you know I'm much too resilient for that and I also know my worth and he clearly knew my worth by hiring me and the fact that he had listened to what I had to say without arguing or, you know, misplacing his anger, you know, and things like that. He actually cares about taking care of the people that he brings on. And works with. That's good. Yeah. Because not everybody's like that. Not everybody's like that, which is quite unfortunate. If I ever mm-hmm. had a dance company, I, you, you need support. You need benefits. You need incentive. You know benefits. what I mean? That's a good one. Right. Besides but I mean, like, believing in the work you're those, doing, but like, when it, come but on. When you make, um, when you're like dancing with somebody, especially as a freelance dancer, it's really important to figure out what your boundaries are. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's part of like in the article, it's, um, next, it's the third step, set clear boundaries, but it also includes the fourth step is ask for outside opinions. Because to be preemptive about your decision making, to be um, proactive instead of reactive, like, ask dancers in the field and, and people that you look up to or people who worked with this person about what kind of boundaries do you think you need to set. Um, and I think that's one of those um, those practices that isn't really taught as much because one of the practices, um, when you talked about contracts earlier, some kind of like written agreement, when it, if it's outside of like a established dance company, a lot of um, work is, is, is happening without any kind of written agreement and it's, it's kind of based off of like, well, you said, that you're going to pay me this amount, so I'm like waiting for it to get pay- to get paid this amount. And right now, I um, have been struggling with getting paid on time. And what on time to me is by the time I gave you my service. Um, and it's and I know a lot of people intend well, especially when they're um, when they're not super big established companies with boards and things like that, and they're like individual artists and stuff like that. But I think it's um, people waiting to get paid from an institution so that they can pay the dancers. And I think that that model has been taught or that has been done, but it's, it's inefficient. And so I believe you should have the fund first before you uh, before you um, schedule dancers to be in the studio and, and get them to move their body or, and let alone perform. 
of actual performance mm. waiting to get paid months later is just one of the most aggravating things. It's about a I, it is frustrating, and I think that this is an, another conversation that we can talk about because I, I think the way this, the current model is, a lot of times you have to wait for your institutional funding to get paid to pay the dancers. I've been in two situations mm. as of this past month, one where someone was like, so I can't pay you guys today, like I said, because I haven't gotten institutional fund funding. For me, I was like, as long as I get it, because I'm not hurting for it. If I were hurting for it, I would have a different kind of reaction. And then I was also in another situation where I got the same type of information, and I was like, actually, no, I need my dollars now. Mm -hmm. And they were able to accommodate me. Mm -hmm. So I think that's it, there's a larger issue here that we're sort of circling around, which is where funding is coming from, mm -hmm. and this yeah. sort of trickle down from these institutions and all the all these different channels that dollars have to go through mm -hmm. to get to the artists that need it. So yeah, all right. No, I, the last time I worked with a nonprofit, the um, the project that we we're working on had to basically shut down because the grant was saying we work that they were going to distribute funds for like let's say. Some, a project was to start July 2018. They were going to distribute funds for that project starting in November. So they were like, we're going to give you funds for a July project in November. And I was like, that's already backwards because no. who are we going to... Yeah, that and that was the <laughs> grant structure in and of itself. So you're right, there, there's already a backwards thing there. But I will also say that there is... Um, what I really enjoy about working with like Crystal Brown and Tiffany Ray Fisher of Look Amongst the Dance is that they, they literally say, like, you need you need to get paid on time. So if that means that I don't get paid, um, let's bring it back. So the dancers need to get paid. I need to get paid on time and in full. So if the institution then gives me my money, then I'm going to have to pay you out of pocket, and then I'm going to fill in the gap with the institution money when it comes, whenever it comes. But what I won't allow is the dancers to walk out and perform and not get paid. That's noble, that's the but then these, again, these black women are becoming martyrs and, and – Put, and like putting their necks on the line and their finances on the line because of some un institutional bullshit. Like I, I, like I commend that, and it's also problematic, right? That like they have to even put themselves in that position. Yeah, it shouldn't I, be a thing. Ahead. It just shouldn't be a thing. That just should it shouldn't be that way for anyone. Yeah, I definitely say it shouldn't be a thing, and it's unfortunate the black women are the only ones that are actually practicing this model. But I honestly think this is a, this as the way the things are now with the way that funds are being distributed from these grants and, and institutions, that every every person who's hiring a dancer should think in that way. That the people at the low, or not just hiring a dancer, but hiring artists in general, people at the lowest, lower end should be the ones that get paid first. And people at the higher end who tend to have more financial stability and <gasps> flexibility should be the ones that get paid. Is that true, though? Is last. that true? Like, hmm? say, so say, for instance, I'm like, do, I'm putting on a show and I invite some people to join me on this whole production and this happening. I am at the same place that most of the people I'm in community with are. So to mm -hmm. say that is like, no, I like I could I could practice that, but then that means I'm not paying my bills or I'm not I'm not paying rent. Like so I don't I don't necessarily I wouldn't say that they are at a better position because again, you know, it's it's interesting to talk to people who we feel are, are successful and are in a different place than us mm -hmm. and that they're doing financially and abundantly better because I I think they still have similar I think it's a mis no more. I don't, I don't, I think they, you know what I mean? Because, like, for instance, on, like, the well, read, they were saying, yeah, we're successful, and I still get depressed, and I still got a lot of shit to yeah. deal with, and y'all's comments hurt my feelings sometimes, and I got to back, but you don't, people are like, oh, but you're, you're successful, you shouldn't care about that shit, but people care. So, I don't know, yes, I don't want to speak I, about I think, I think the issue, I think what I'm most talking about when I say the, I'm not, I'm, this, are, this conversation doesn't fit all, all models, of course. So this, this conversation more is speaking to like artistic directors and people who have a budget based on the company. Like an artistic director has somewhere between a five and a six figure budget. So yeah, and, and like the ED, executive director, like those, those two people have a certain kind of salary budget that allows them a certain flexibility that is a lot of times at least three times higher than the dancers are getting paid. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they have a they have a financial flexibility and if they don't have a financial flexibility or their 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 bills are tied up in some other kind of thing, then that's that's more about their own personal money management thing. But at the same time it's I, I think it's 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 about the people at the top who are doing the hiring if they have the money. Now this is this is a this is more of a structure that is 
corporation structure or dance company structure where there is like budget of sixty thousand dollars for it as art director. But when it comes to like freelance artists who are trying to put on their own show where we're all in the same community together, that that requires a different kind of model. And the one that I'm I'm trying to practice myself is like I need if I want to do this thing, I need to find a way to guarantee the money for the people that I'm going to collaborate with and also to make sure that my bills are going to get paid somehow. And it it is there's no model for that right now. There's no examples I'm looking for. So, right, there, there has to be something different. So this, this statement that I'm making is not to fit all structures. Right. Yeah. Javon, any, any comments? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I have anything to add at this moment. Which then <laughs> leads us to the last point of the article, which uh, is take your time to decide, which I think is extremely important because if you do enter into negotiation situations and someone has a promise but not a definite, then you might want to weigh that. Like, you know, like you were kind of saying, so if I get this money, how hurt would I? If I didn't get this money, how hurt would I be? Or if I, or if they gave me less than what they promised, like how can I move around that mm-hmm. or not? Because sometimes if you can't, if you or if you know someone has a reputation of being flaky as hell, you're not gonna right. you're gonna take your time to think about it, like you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't do that. They don't take their time. Mm-mm. 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 They don't, and I think a lot of times there's there's inherent pressure with like looking at a contract of pressure. Like somebody presents the contract with, with to you, and our like American society says you need to sign before you leave this room. Yeah, um, so I don't think many Yo, people think to say, "Hey, can I take this I'm home already, like, and sweating. think about it?" I know. So <laughs> I I was in a situation where she was like, "Oh, um, can you just read the contract and, and like with me, like right now, and then sign it?" I was like, "Really, bitch? Okay. Well, I'm gonna sit <laughs> right. here and read everything." It took me like thirty minutes. I and I was mm-hmm. like, "And actually, you know what? I can't even sign this because um, my last name isn't spelled correctly." So. Oh. So you know, before yeah. we, you gotta change that before I even like even look at this again. Yeah. Like really, like you, I need to sit here and read it because I think she thought I was gonna be like, oh, I don't feel like reading and just sign that shit. Right, right. And that's and that's like the power <laughs> of um. That look. Hmm? Ooh, that look. I she wish you could gave. see that look. <laughs> that look. I want to. I need to see. It. I know Melanie got it, the look. Could um, be made into a meme, but actually. But this goes back to like my fight with the imperpetuity clause because the phrase in contracts, like they choose words and they choose um, phrasing in contracts to make it hard to understand. They're not the the Kills the way that our society is made is set up right now is to benefit the larger person, the the, the hiring party or the corporations or the companies over the people who are going to be working in them. So yeah, um, take some time, look it over, compare with other people, and I think this is part of um, the inception of the Dancing New Podcast is that there isn't much open conversation um, about pay with dancers um, across companies, across disciplines, and to really just compare things. I think we are, I actually had, I actually had a supervisor, this isn't dance related, but it's like in the arts. I had a supervisor um, say in passing that she was frustrated with one of the employees because he was going around asking all the other art teachers, how much they were getting paid. And I was looking at her like, you are frustrated because this person wants to make sure they're getting paid, right? Like, that. this is this is part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I was very clear with all of them at the time, like, look, I'm getting paid more than you, and not just one, I'm getting paid twice as you are, but we're doing the same work. So if that means you need to go to her and let her know that you know that how much I'm getting paid, I'll sit there and back you up. Oh, they I didn't, see. unfortunately, but, like, that was part of it. We gotta we gotta fight for this transparency, y'all. Yeah. All right. Namaste. Are y'all ready to wrap this thing on up? Whatever you wanna do, boo. Yep. And the category yes. is The category is, um, what announcements do y'all have? What you doing? What's cooking? What's popping? Oh, I should start. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, if you missed uh, Classical Theater of Harlem uptown at Marcus oh. Garvey Park uh, this summer, last month, July. You can catch us again. Um, oh, I forget the name of the theater, like the exact name, but the theater of, at John Jay College. It's between mm-hmm. 9th and 10th on 60th Street. Um, yeah, you should come out. It's a great, great cast of people. The choreographer, Tiffany Ray Fisher, always does a great job, and she's my boss on the daily uh carl Cofield is a great director ty jones you are the man 
on power and as King Creon, although I don't think he's playing King Creon this this go-around. And then if you happen to be in the greater D.C. area, EMD will be performing at the National Gallery of Art. Um, so, yeah, you can check us out. Uh, follow us on Instagram. I feel like we have a Twitter, but I don't know how to use Twitter, so I'm not sure. But definitely follow us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and check out our website. So, yeah. What's the Instagram name? Uh, at Alisa Monte Dance. And if you want to follow me, I'm at Joe Parks. Joe Parks. I love that name. Awesome. Yeah, what you got going on? What I have going on. Well, in September on the 16th, I'll be performing in Collab Fest with my collaborator, Brianna Taylor. We'll be doing our Taming the Amazon work. Um, that'll be at 8. And then that week, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I will be moving and grooving in Times Square with work by Lori Berg. And then Saturday um, day, because I'm obviously not doing enough before I go to Times Square, I'll be performing at DraftWorks at Dance Space, Taming the Amazon again. Wow. But it'll be a different version of Taming the Amazon because that's how we mm -hmm. like to do. We like to like mix it up, flip it, that's and cool. then rub it down and then ask you about what you like better. That's cool. I like so, that. Yeah. It's like Goosebumps alternate ending. Exactly. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. We have rehearsal on Friday, and I'm so going to bring that reference in. You Thank should. you. Perfect. Also, Goosebumps is the shit. It was so good. Until it wasn't okay. anymore. Yeah, what happened? It just huh. fell off. It did, probably with Snick. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Jay? Oops. Jay, you got any <laughs> announcements? Yeah, I am. By the time this episode airs, I'll be flying back to New York tomorrow, which will be like the next day. And it's Afrofunk, so I'm going to be at Afrofunk. Really it's this weekend, right? Right, I can't see fast Afrofunk. There's, there's dates and stuff in the wind, but I can't. I got to get to Afrofunk first before I can really think about it. So I'm gonna be at Afrofunk. Yes. My black life. Mm. My black business. Mm. Drinking water. Mm. Mm -hmm. Drinking water. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right, because you're black and only crack if it's dry. So. Uh, do more than that. I'm gonna just drink water <laughs> religiously now. My black yeah, is only going to yeah. crack. If it's, you love these wet and dry analogies. First, you got your dry sponge with your mm -hmm. wet material. And then, yeah. all right. I'm always buying a body of water. Like, somebody said to me recently that it's not a vacation. Let's go buy a body of water. And I was like, listen, that is one of the truest statements I've ever heard in my life. Because I you don't believe what? the vacation counted unless That's I was buying a body of water. It really is. I agree, I agree with that. Whether it be a yeah. lake, a pond. The sea, yep. the ocean. So mm -hmm. true. A pool. A pool. A sauna. Oh, wait, a sauna is not. <laughs> but it's very moist in there. It involves water, yes. Oh. Or a hot spring. I right. love that. Hot um, spring. Stop it. Okay. Sorry. Closing. Oh, my gosh. Hot mm -hmm. springs. Mm. So we'll close with saying, oh, finish this sentence. My dance union has. Ooh. Can I go first? Yes. Okay. Um, my dance union has support groups for peer-to-peer um, -peer counseling, which is like a different form of counseling where instead of talking to a therapist who just sits and listens to your things and like reflects your experiences back to you, um, it's one where you have equal time split up between one or uh, one or more parties. In the sense of like you sit down with one person and then you share for like 30 minutes and that person sits there and listens intently and then that person gets the same amount of time to do the same. And it could be in like large group sessions or it could be in one-to-one. -one. But this peer counseling thing is something I just learned about today and I feel like a lot of dancers and artists could benefit from that. So that's my dance you have. Word up. I'm going to go next so that Giovanna doesn't steal mine because she was on the cusp a second ago. I I was. My dance union has contract reading workshops. Bam. Bam. <laughs> yes. Well, that just means two great minds think alike. We are. We're just swirling around this genius in here right now. Yes. That's good. I like it. Does that mean it's now my turn to just blow our minds? 
Oh gosh. Um, my dad's union has unlimited amounts of coffee at all times yes! of the day. Yes. Or tea, because some people can't have coffee. Some people have sensitive stomachs. I totally get it. I have to watch the acidity level in my coffee that I buy. Um, also, health care coverage for your eyeballs, your teeth, and every other part of your body. We will not discriminate, because I will not be taking a headshot if I don't have a teeth in my mouth. There's Come the on. end of that. Wow. Um, and... Also, my dance union, uh, semicolon, 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 uh, will also have some sort of therapy. I, I am not opposed to, like, the person sitting across from you in the chair and listening because sometimes people just need someone to not move and just listen. Um, Reiki, some people really react to that. Um, actually, I found out that... I babysit for two families, and for the one of the families, the father is like a master, like a Reiki master. I was like, "Wait, what?" He gave me exercises Ooh. to do before a show, and I now have them in my back pocket. It could be like Ooh. animal therapy. Some people, yeah. I mean, I love animals. Like I love horseback riding. Me that, too. It, also, if you have, English or Western, I don't know. Whatever one looks just friendly on a, is just on a horse, on a horse like the old Spice guy. Look at your man now, back at me. <laughs> I don't know, you know, whatever. Like I feel like that would uh, need to be like a roundtable discussion, or it could even be an icebreaker for like new company members. Like we're gonna yeah. do animal therapy as a uh, therapy as a form of like mental health awareness and support. What animals do you like? Should we go to a ranch? Should we go to a beach? Do we all like aquatic life more than we like land animals? Like, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, any type of therapy because everyone is, everyone is very, very different. Yeah, or plant therapy, that's big. Plant therapy. I've recently made my room very green, or at least I won't say my whole room, but like my windowsill. Just having something to take care of and nourish. And that's living other than, um, you know bugs and, and mice. Yeah. Also, it's just very ritualistic. So, like, I wake up in the morning, I make my coffee if I need to go over a video on Vimeo for rehearsal, and I'm like, ooh, oh, oh, no, I have to water my, my baby orchid, or I haven't watered my succulent in, like, three weeks. She's probably thirsty. My spider plant could probably use some water right now. My eucalyptus, that doesn't require anything. So, you know. Done. Diligence. My dance union also has diligence and perseverance. Duh. Come on. That you can it, drink or... Uh, you can buy that for $100 a bottle. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But yeah, that's... Oh. My dance union has a bunch of that and a lot of semicolons. Thank you, thank you. Okay, You're welcome. You're welcome. let's go ahead and wrap her up. Close this thing on out. Um... Uh, Thank you for listening to another episode of the Dancing Podcast. You can follow us on social media on Instagram at the Dance Union. That's all spelled out one word: T H E D A N C E U N I O N. As well as um, Facebook and Instagram are the same word. And you can also uh, email us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. And also, we're still shopping for listener letters, so please be sure to send those to the Dance Union Podcast at gmail.com. Um, also, you can, if you, wherever you're listening to this episode right now, you can listen there. But also, if you don't know, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. If you have an iPhone or Apple device like the iPad, it's that purple app with the little, like, man signal with waves clicking the head. Or you can go to, like, little Siri search area when you swipe left and type in podcast and it'll pop up. You can search for us there. You can listen to us on SoundCloud as well as on Google Play Music. So, please make sure that you. Listen, like, rate, subscribe, and share. Please tell a friend, tell an auntie, tell a rehearsal director, tell a dancer, tell your mom, somebody who's interested in dance, that this thing is happening and it's happening because we would really like to have, you know, just more voices in the room when we talk about these dance issues. For sure. Nice. Javonna, right, thanks for so joining us again. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Thanks for having me. When I got the email yeah. asking me to do it a second time, I was like, oh, my God. I'm so excited. 
like just like that no but really I was I was really excited and flattered and I was like I really need this right now (laughs) I I immediately started smiling and I had never met you before so I was like all right and I get to meet a new person I'm sure she's dope because anyone I've ever met from Jay has been amazing so you too I know even though you can't see me I just did that I just smiled at you really big and I forgot that you can't see me. At all. It's but I just so saw you like touch your man boobs in the back. And then and grab that. that big fan. I was, <laughs> yes. Well, yes. you gotta readjust. Lift, honey. Jay. Lift. <laughs> this is the most color I have seen on your person I in know. a long time. I'm feeling it. It won't happen again. Oh. Why? Because you, you're coming back to New York and we all brood in black. Well, they oh they turn the lights off. Okay, they don't even know we back here. All right, Jeff. Oh no, someone's coming to check on us. Yeah, it's nine thirty. We got to Okay. Bye. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.